Okay, you ready? Oh, yeah. Welcome to Ghibli Minute. Ghibli Minute. I'm Richard Dunham. And I'm Chieko Dunham. Ghibli Minute is the podcast where we talk about Studio Ghibli movies one minute at a time. Minute by minute. Or minute by minute is another way to say that. Today we're talking about Kiki's Delivery Service Minute 9, which starts with Kiki rising in front of the moon and above the movie title, and it ends with credits for color design, cinematography, and editing. But of course, the star, the real star of this minute, it's the best song in any Ghibli film. The best song in any Ghibli film. Tell us about this song. Rouge no Dengon. Rouge no Dengon, which or means... the Rouge message. Yeah, message and message, lipstick. Message and rouge. Message yeah. and rouge, rouge message, something like that. Uh, Hold on. Yeah? I forgot who the artist was. Oh, you don't forget what the artist is. Yumi Matsu. Yumi Matsutoya. Nay, Arai. So this was before she got married. So she was. Uh, this was recorded under her maiden name, Arai. Yumi mm-hmm. Arai. In uh, this song. You, the song you, is great. It's so good. It's the best one. It is my favorite song. It's my in favorite all song. Ghibli, yes. In all of Ghibli. Like Totoro, like Aruko, like Tonari no Totoro. Those are all bops. But this song, this song is the ultimate bop. It's got a very boogie woogie, yeah, beat. To it's it. very like I imagine like a fifties diner, like like you like. Yeah. But this was not written for the film. No, to my understanding, it was like popular when the film was. So this being this made. Uh, this was released February twentieth, nineteen seventy five. This was Yumi Arai's fifth single. Yeah, it was a hit when it was released, and. It's been covered, like by other artists, a lot. So the the Japanese Wikipedia page lists twenty nine covers, yeah. right? Starting like immediately, like the next year, like yeah. nineteen seventy six. So they covered, and I believe you know there's this uh, Japanese TV show called Covers. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the show? No. Where like they invite a musical group on, mm-hmm. or musical artist on, and they just do that artist does a bunch of covers of some you know right other artists and i like there was uh uh last time i watched this show was i think on uh i was on a plane i think it was like all ana all nippon airlines the last time i flew to japan they mm-hmm. had a couple episodes they had one episode with like tokyo Sky paradise orchestra i'm like oh I'll watch oh that. okay yeah but i think I think I couldn't I couldn't find reference to it. So, but I think when Makinomiya of uh, Pizzicato 5 when she was on mm-hmm. this show, I believe she did this song. So, I wish I could find that version. Find that, yeah. And then the short amount of time I had to do research, I couldn't find it. Any I couldn't even find proof that it happened, but it'd be cool. So, uh, yeah. I have some more information on Yumi Arai, or mm-hmm. Yumi Matsutoya. So she recorded her first full album, Hikoki Gumo. Good song. In, yeah, in 1973. She recorded this album with the band Caramel Mama, better known as Tin Pan Alley, which consisted of four people, Shigeru Suzuki, Tateo Hayashi, Masataka Matsutoya, and Haruomi Hosono. So Haruomi Hosono, you may remember... Uh, he was a member, as well as being a member of Yellow Magic Orchestra, one of like the big 
highly influential groups in J-pop. Mm-hmm. He uh, he wrote uh, the theme song for Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So Yumi achieved moderate success with her fifth single, Rouge No Dengong, an up-tempo song considered to be a proto-J-pop classic. Proto-J-pop classic, whatever that means. So she appeared on television singing the song with the top Japanese girl group of the time, the Candies. Uh, she even, she titled her 1982 autobiography, Rouge No Dengon. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a... This is a good song. It's a really good song. It's a really good song. I've had it in my head the past uh, day or two since uh, doing this research. And, you know, that's reminded me, maybe a good contrast for anybody who wants to put, put both of these on their mm-hmm. playlist. I saw... Uh, your mom and I went to see Elvis Costello yeah. a couple weeks ago. And he did uh, Lipstick Vogue. Oh. Yeah. Similarly up-tempo, and it's got lipstick in the title. So. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, I, had, I, didn't lo- I didn't delve into the lyrics. Do you want to, um, do you have like a translation yeah. or anything? Yeah, so uh, the song is about a, a girl who's like unsatisfied with her boyfriend. Because he did something like really bad to her. Oh. So like the song like starts out with, I'm going to go meet his mom. Like that's why she's taking a train. Oh, okay. Like I'm going to meet his mom. And like some of the lyrics are like, oh, his friends will find out. And like they'll like maybe tell him what happened or why I'm gone. And like it, I think the last lines are, uh, uh, like the last lyrics are like tomorrow morning your mom's gonna scold you over the phone oh. for what you did. So the she leaves a message in lipstick in like their bathroom mirror. Right. I guess like he must have cheated or something. Okay. She's like, I'm done. Like And you're gonna hear from your mom about it. Yeah. She's like So that's this whole song. It's an awesome song. It's an awesome it's song. It's got an awesome beat, very catchy. Yeah. The voice is also really good. The piano in it? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> very, the very boogie-woogie piano. Anyway, So most of my notes were about this song. We did get some credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first credits are executive producers, three guys, and this is the way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, Yasuyoshi Tokuma mm-hmm. of Tokuma Shoten. Mikihiku Suzuki. He's the head of Yamato Transport Company. Oh. And then, uh, can you guess Morihisa Takagi? What he he was a senior executive or consultant of Nippon Television Network. So whenever they have, oh. <laughs> I don't know, this is like a Japanese thing. It's like whenever they have like companies merging together, companies like involved in the production or, or putting up cash or whatever. The CEOs of those companies get a credit, like as executive producer. Okay, okay? yeah, it's kind of like at the end of, like in a Pixar movie or whatever, you see like the end credits, or whatever. Then they have like the list. They just have these took it, take it as an opportunity to list everybody in the company. It's like, yeah, here's everybody who works in HR at Pixar. Here's the legal department at Pixar. It's yeah, like, I guess they. I mean, they I worked guess on they the kinda, company, so yeah. they kind of involved in <laughs> secondhandedly, like, or they work directly on, yeah. Like the HR issues involved in this movie? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, so mm-hmm. those are those guys. 
And then um, associate executive producers and planning, blah, blah, blah. Original story by Eiko Kadono. And then they mention in parentheses, Fukuinkan <laughs> Publishing. So I went to the Fukuinkan's uh, website. It mm-hmm. looks like they uh, they seem to specialize in children's books. Yeah. Because I didn't recognize that publisher. So I need to read more. Yeah. Children's books, I guess. Yeah. Majin no Takyubing is like a... It's a YA. Would you, would you? It's like a middle school level book. Yeah. It's like a YA novel, I guess. Because it's very like... Um, You've read it? I've I've read like a little bit of it. But like it's... And like there was another movie, like a live action movie based off of the book made in like 2013 or something okay have you seen it yeah it's not great um <laughs> it was i was like on gel like i, I was on a plane oh, from okay. japan or to another, japan another another and like it was on plane watching experience. yeah it was like available so i watched it and it was it was okay so it's, is it a different because my understanding it's is a like different the book, plot it's totally the book is very episodic right yeah like each chapter is just like a, a disconnected thing. story right mm-hmm which is what but like the movie was very it's completely different like totally like 180 different like same dress and like bow but not not the same at all she's more like i guess like the aesthetic of kiki is more like woodlandy than like cute like she's like she looks like a witch she's got like i guess like more like string and embroidery she looks more like a like an Etsy version of Kiki. Yeah. Like an artist rendition of like Kiki, but in two thousand sixteen, like <laughs> Okay. Um where was I going with this? I don't know. I had a there was a point to this. The story was different. The story know. was different. But uh, the book is very but like every version of this is very much like she's growing up. So it's like more of a middle school yeah. level book because of coming that. of age kind yeah. of thing. Like I mean, Kiki's 13. Yeah. You're in middle school, you're 13. Yeah. So she, as she's flying over the town, she definitely she passes a steeple and that is definitely a cross. That is. Yep, Jesus. No doubt about it. Yeah. Doesn't show up in any other there's no reference to nobody says any there's no like there's not even like reference to like Bible no. parables or like a turn of phrase that comes from the bible that you would no. expect to see this is the only society that has churches <laughs> <laughs> yeah even in castle in the sky it's very like remember when like the clock tower like yeah well, it wasn't really it wasn't like we a, didn't know there wasn't no. a cross that we saw yeah here was, we see a cross this is a cross this is the only direct reference to christianity yeah i think we ever in this, get in this world i guess because it's church based didn't off of burn witches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like every even when Kiki gets to the town that she like settles in, no one like is like, Oh my gosh, witchcraft is real, we have to burn her. Like No, it's everyone's clear very that nonchalant. Every, yeah, yeah. It's clear that everybody accepts that it's real. It's just yeah. rare in this world. I guess just burning witchcraft is fine but yeah, in the this, Bible. It, no. Whatever this alternate universe where magic is real. Also, the church is cool with it. It had to have been like, oh, but mm, I don't know. I keep thinking because like Gigi, when like Kiki encounters like geese or crow or something like. Yeah. There's like some controversy of like crows and witches. So there might have been like uh, a maybe. disagreement. Uh, we'll, we'll so, get there. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We do see highways with trucks and buses. And then we see this plane 
There's always got to be a plane. Looking at this plane, where would you, like, what time period would you put this in? Like, well, 30s, 40s? Right, right? Like, right. this like, looks like a war plane, not like a commercial It looks like something one. from the 30s, yeah. yeah. But her radio, coming back to her radio, <laughs> that's a very small radio. That's yeah. obviously a radio made with transistors. That's obviously a transistor radio. Uh-huh. And those appeared in, well, I should I should look this up. Fact check real quick. Following the invention of the transistor, the first commercial transistor radio was released in 1954. Mm, I see. Yeah. The first working transistor was maybe 47. That's like in the lab. Yeah. This is like commercial. So there's a bit of a disconnect here. With this plane and the transistor radio. Transistor radio you think of as, I guess maybe, what did I say, 54? You said, yeah, 54, 57. 57, 47 in the lab, and then 54 kind of on the market. Yeah. That's a seven-year difference. Right? Yeah, cars. You see, like in the late 50s, people have car radios, right? Yeah. But those little, little handheld transistor radio... Maybe that's an efficient, but when I think of like back on the media that I've seen, it mm-hmm. seems to be like in the 60s you see those. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's also a disconnect when like Kiki's in her like hometown. Everyone looks very, like the girls are dressed up very like. Almost like the early like 1900s. Like factory like girls. 1911. Yeah. 1910s or yeah. something. But when she gets to her town, it looks very like 50s. Like everyone is. Girls are wearing pants. Yeah. You know, like, looks very, mo- like, more modern than... And that could be, like, a country versus city thing. It could be, yeah. Thing. But I would... Another movie that mixes up technologies from different eras very well mm-hmm. is uh, Tim Burton's Batman. It's, like, all of the... Like, the architecture is very Art Deco, like, uh-huh. 20s. yeah. The uh, cameras all have these big flash bulbs, like mm-hmm. from like the the 30s or 40s. Yeah. The cars are all from the 70s. It's an aesthetic thing. Yeah, it's an aesthetic. So it's a, I guess it's a similar kind of thing happening yeah. here. We'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just want to point that out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like seeing this plane is very alarming because you start thinking about like, do witches interfere with air traffic? Uh, or they have to fly. This like, is kind of like the first sign of that that flight will be an big, issue, right? Oh, it's like yeah. the central issue, right. You're right. Of the film, yeah, right. We'll see it come up, but this is like the very yeah. She has trouble flying, getting off the ground, and then she sees this kind of menacing plane, plane, which is very kind of and like I mean, the sound of it ver- is yeah, jarring. Like it like is. On the same level as the song. So, like, you can hear the song, but you also hear the giant engine yeah. blaring. And just, like, the the way, the fact that it's an early, kind of an early version of a plane. It's yeah. Like the rest of the world has also just figured out how to fly. How to fly. Yeah. So, it's kind of a reflection of her state in the external world. Oh, wow. Wow. Pretty wow. deep, huh? Dude, that's so yeah. deep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You can that's write, pretty like, good. An English paper on this. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. I wonder if anyone's written like an actual like. Oh, I'm sure. Now I want to write a paper. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many papers to write already. (laughs) 
All right. So yeah, file that away in your index card of like paper ideas yeah. for future for your future classes. Definitely. Yeah. If I have to take a film rhetoric class. Oh, totally. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll continue the flight, I guess, tomorrow here on Ghibli, Ghibli Minute. Minute.